Welcome back to Tune Into Nature. My name is Kelly. And my name is Becky. You're listening to Tune Into Nature. Today's episode, we have our friend Sierra joining us to talk about Native American Heritage Month and the interconnections that it has with the outdoor recreation. With that, Sierra, would you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Sierra Clemmy. I go by she, her pronouns, and I am studying watershed science and minoring in ecological restoration. This will be my last year here at CSU. I also identify as Diné, which is our cultural word for how we call ourselves in our native language, but it's most commonly known as Navajo in the state. That's really cool that you decided to major in watershed science. I know that's a major that isn't always talked about in Warner College, even though it's really interesting. So can you just talk about why you chose that and maybe what's your favorite thing about the major? Yeah, it is definitely a smaller major on campus, <laughs> um, but when I came across it, I was so fascinated. I originally started going to school for nursing because it's always been my passion to help people, but then I did some study abroad, or I guess it was actually a national student exchange to Minnesota where they have a lot of water back there. And so when I came across the natural resources field and found watershed science here at CSU, I was taken back by the wonders of how beneficial this could be for generations to come. It's been so interesting. And some of my favorite things about the major is just how interconnected it is with the entire ecosystem, how it plays a part in ecology, biology, restoration, even social economics of the outdoor ecosystem. So yeah, it's very interesting. That's super cool that you mentioned you started out with an interest in nursing because I know Becky and I both started with also a medical interest like in high school. I was pretty gung-ho about going into the medical field and then I started volunteering at the St. Louis Sioux just because I was like, oh, it'll be fun volunteer hours. And literally the first meeting, like something clicked. And I was like, I'm so much more excited about the work they just brought up about what we're going to get to do in at the zoo than I have about any of the medical clubs I've been in. And it was just like literally a life changing moment. Just right after that meeting, I was like, I don't want to go into medicine anymore. I want to do conservation. And it's just cool to hear other people who also kind of went in that direction and found natural resources and fell in love with it. Yeah, I can relate to that on so many levels. I definitely came to CSU wanting to be a veterinarian and just wasn't, didn't have the passion for it, as Kelly said. And now that I found my place here in Warner College, it just makes total sense to me. I don't know, Sierra, if you have the same feeling, but I just feel like I'm in the right place. And it's, it's a great, it's a great time here in Warner College. (laughs) All that being said, parts of your life have really influenced your passions for natural resources. Yeah, I, along with many others, I'm sure I've had several different influences on why natural resources are important to me. Um, And I think some of the top reasons are my background with my indigenous culture, honoring Mother Earth and the natural world for what it is and how we are connected to it. And so I think that's really important to share and to acknowledge with other people in the community. Also, I love the natural resources just because I think it builds such an experience of who you are and you get to find new parts of yourself while being out enjoying nature and everything. And so to be able to protect the ecosystems and all of these resources for generations to come, I think, is just so special that we can 
each have this shared experience, but also super individual experience in the outdoors. Yeah, I especially because you're protecting, in my opinion, like the most valuable resource, water, which you don't have forests or ecosystems or anything wildlife without water and it's like i feel like all the other majors in warner are like based on watershed because without water you're not going to have anything else so it's really cool that you're protecting that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember the first time i learned in one of my classes that fresh water is like this i don't even remember just a really small percentage of the actual water that's available for drinking and conserving that resource is going to be like the biggest challenge of the century with population growth for humans. And that's even aside from the wildlife part, like just even conserving it for human use to survive and just having a focus on that in your major is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so interesting to think how like we just expect to have clean water all the time when really it is a limiting factor for a lot of people around the world. So yeah, it's definitely important in many ways in the ecosystem and for humans. Mm -hmm. I remember you mentioning earlier before we started recording that you were from Lake Powell and Utah and were surrounded by a lot of bodies of water when you were younger and how that really influenced your trajectory that you took in watershed science. And you also mentioned that you identify as Native American. How has your experience been being a Native American student at CSU and in Warner College? Yeah, so like you had said, I did grow up on the Arizona side, actually, of Lake Powell in Page. Page is a border town, so to say, bordering the Navajo Reservation. And so, yeah, a lot of my classmates, a lot of my extended family lived on the reservation. And so I definitely had experiences out there, just kind of like honoring them and seeing like the differences in being from a small town that where there's different priorities and then coming to a really big predominantly white school in northern Colorado I did feel like a little out of place at the start but through different communities on campus I've been able to have a sense of place here which has been really reassuring. And just the community at CSU and in Fort Collins has been super welcoming. So that's been really great. Some of these communities include like the Warner College. You all were saying, I feel like I belong there. And it's really fun to be able to share the interests and passions of the natural resources with an entire like college, essentially. Yeah. And I'm also a part of the Native American Cultural Center on campus. And so they hold a lot of events that I get to go and be a part or just like join people that look like me and have similar experiences where I feel comfortable. And so if there is any first students, uh, people who identify as a person of color or any indigenous background or even allies want to get involved with these different groups on campus, they're a really great resource, super supportive and interesting and make you feel welcome. Oh, good. That makes me feel really happy that you you found your place. And to kind of like tie into what you said about allies, how can students that want to be allies help spread the awareness or advocacy of Indigenous lands? Definitely. Yeah, that's very important, especially in this Native American Heritage Month. I know it's like a very fine line to 
find that feeling of support and not like overstepping your bounds. And so I think it's important to have these kind of conversations, which are a little like uncomfy from time to time, but definitely very important in the long run to sharing this experience and understanding of different people in our community. So yeah, like I mentioned, all those different resources on campus of just like getting involved with them and like supporting their fundraisers or activities and honestly just listening to your friends who identify as people of color or minorities going through something. And yeah, just listening and being supportive in what ways feel comfortable to them. There's also a lot of papers and articles out there to read. And one resource I came across last year, which has been like super interesting, is the diversity and inclusion program in Warner, I guess you would call it. Yeah, Ricky Frierson is the director of that. And he's just wonderful at starting these conversations and holding different seminars to open up this space to discuss how to help and be supportive and advocate. So, yeah, I think that's really great. And going back to the last part of the question about indigenous lands, there are a bunch of resources online that you can look up, like what ancestral indigenous lands am I on and honoring those and using their indigenous native tongue of what they call themselves rather than the given Spanish white word for their name and everything. So yeah, just honoring in those different ways. Thank you so much for talking about all that those were all really cool resources I know I feel like I don't know quite enough about the Native American Cultural Center at CSU although I'll see like flyers and it's just really cool that CSU offers those things and thanks for bringing attention to it and also yeah we love Ricky yeah we love <laughs> we did, Ricky we did a podcast with him last year and he's nice. just really great <laughs> he does a lot for diversity and inclusion at CSU yeah and the way he like explains <clears throat> things and he uses all these metaphors it just makes so much sense in my mind and it's like oh gotcha yeah. I don't know I'm a big fan of his <laughs> me too also something you mentioned about searching up what native lands you're on and correctly identifying that I have a phone number saved in my phone that you can text like your location or zip code and it'll tell you what indigenous lands you're on and it's really cool maybe (laughs) we can put it in the description of this podcast because it's a really interesting it's really neat to just take a second if I travel somewhere new and like text the number and it's just cool to be aware of that I think (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) it really is yeah when I first Uh, I transferred to CSU actually like two years ago. And so when I first was a part or like going to those orientation meetings and everything, hearing a land acknowledgement from CSU, I was like, wow, that is so interesting that they are actually acknowledging that they are a land grant institution on these indigenous lands. And so, yeah, I think CSU is trying to do their part and everything, but everybody could always do a step more. But it's definitely great that we're taking steps here at CSU. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad that, like you said, I'm glad we're making steps, but there's always like so much more we can do, you know, and what you mentioned earlier about using the actual language to identify with the tribe that instead of like the Spanish English word for it, I'd never even thought about that. And so I'm really glad you brought that to our attention, too, because, yeah, there's so much more to improve on. We can always get better. But I think it starts out with having, like you said, conversations like this where I think we just need to listen more, honestly. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note of 
looking into the future and what we can do to take more steps to improve ourselves and our knowledge around these issues. What do you think still needs to be done to improve accessibility to the natural resources? Ooh, that's a big question. (laughs) There's so many answers. (laughs) I think at the end of the day, just like the baseline of being welcoming in natural resources and finding those representations of the different people who are actually in areas that are needing help for their natural resources. Um, So yeah, just including different voices from different individuals to help round out the perspective of what needs to be done in natural resources. That's my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) People need to be welcomed into these spaces. It's a good opinion. (laughs) So kind of switching gears, Sierra, we know that you're a part of the outdoor program. (laughs) Would you like to like speak more on about what the outdoor program is and like what it means to you and stuff like that? (laughs) I am actually a part of the outdoor program. It has been super fun these past few years to be able to work for them. Uh, The outdoor program is essentially a student-led outdoor activity program on campus where we cut down a lot of barriers for students who want to get involved in the outdoors. And so by providing gear and knowledge, we are able to welcome and introduce people into the outdoors and all these different activities that they may not have even known they loved or liked or been interested in if it weren't for this kind of program. So yeah, I think that's a super cool aspect of the outdoor program is that we cut down a lot of barriers, particularly the price and everything of how expensive it is to get into outdoor activities. So by being able to run these different trips and also having the outdoor gear rental space at the rec center, which provides students with a lot of gear, I think is just awesome and sharing these experiences, like I said earlier, like everybody should get to experience the outdoors and feel welcomed. So yeah, I think that's great from the program. I really like all that. That's so cool. (laughs) I personally have rented from the outdoor program, like camping gear uh, last year, and it was super convenient, super easy, really helpful. (laughs) And it was only like $20 for a semester long membership and you get to rent as much as you want. So definitely I think more people should take advantage of that (laughs) or at least know about it. Mm -hmm. So I know you also lead a lot of expeditions, (laughs) one could say. (laughs) (laughs) What can you give an example of what that might look like and maybe what's your favorite one that you've done or something like that? (laughs) Yeah. So like I mentioned, I transferred here to CSU, but at my prior institution, I worked at their similar like outdoor program. And so I really got my foot in the door there, just kind of like learning the basics. But then when I transferred to CSU and applied for this job and yeah, I got the title of OP instructor. I was super stoked. Uh, But unfortunately, we didn't get to like lead a whole bunch of trips my first year because of COVID and everything. So You had to be super safe, but this year we've gotten to do so many programs on the weekends. We were running like four trips a weekend, which was crazy but exciting, and all of our trips would fill up, and so that was really great. Um, So yeah, this year I got to lead a backpacking trip. 
a hiking trip. I got to go on a mountaineering trip. Yeah, essentially like ice climbing slash like walking across an ice field. It was so interesting. It was so exciting. So programs like that here in the fall and early winter and everything. Um, And then we'll be preparing for more of our wintered focus trips here in the end of the month and into next spring semester. So that will include things like backcountry skiing or learn to ski, snowshoeing and just stuff like that. So yeah, I'm super excited. We lead a variety of trips like catered to the season of what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. That is so cool. You see, you're so cool. (laughs) I love the outdoor program. I love everything that you guys do. I don't know if we've mentioned this earlier, but it's so affordable. I think it's just like a $25 (laughs) fee every semester. And then you can rent whatever gear they have for like however many times you need it. So it's so affordable and I've used it a lot. So thank you for doing what you do. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of going off of that, Sierra, how do you in this leadership role feel like you make the outdoor world and outdoor recreation more open to these minorities that we've talked about earlier and how you kind of almost act as like an idol for people that feel like they're more excluded from the outdoor world? Yeah, so the outdoor industry has kind of had a bit of a reputation of being hard for underrepresented people to get into and to feel welcomed. And so I think being a woman identifying as Dene, as an indigenous, is super important in these spaces, just like I was saying, for representation, showing that like I am a person of color and a woman in this field and have been successful and kind of being like an example to other people who are interested and may feel intimidated. So being able to hold that space and hold it confidently and sharing with others that they are also welcomed, I think is super important. And yeah, just making all feel included and making them not seem little in this space and allowing them to know that they are able to be there and to experience everything that these other people in the outdoor community are experiencing. And so, yeah, I think that's super important. I was stoked for the outdoor program this year. All three of our managers of the Climbing Wall, Outdoor Gear Rental, and the Outdoor Program are women this year. Yeah. (laughs) So we're definitely representing at the rec. Um, So yeah, I think that's super great. And just to continue to put these voices in places of being an example for those. Um, I think that's super important for other people wanting to get into the outdoor field. That's really great to hear how the outdoor programs elevating voices of underrepresented communities at CSU and just really setting the scene for the future of the natural resources field. That's awesome to hear. So we're going to end this lovely podcast with a few of our rapid fire questions. Sarah, are you ready? As ready as I can. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Three, two, one. Favorite outdoor activity? Mm, Mountain biking. Ooh, okay. If you could be a body of water, what would you be and why? 
I would want to be the Mediterranean Sea. Oh, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Um, I love rivers, but the Mediterranean is just so special. It's so blue and you just float like you're weightless and it's a beautiful feeling. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's awesome. awesome. (laughs) Okay. uh, Rain or snow? Hmm. I would prefer like a light rain that's kind of warm and misty or if it's like torrential downpour, I would probably go for snow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was fun. (laughs) And on that note, that's all we have for this episode of Tune Into Nature. Tune in next time to learn about restoration ecology from the Associate Dean of Research at CSU, Mark Paschke, and how the Colorado landscape is recovering from the Cameron Peak fire last year. We'll see you next time on Tune In to Nature.